...sounds of her mother's murder would stop now that Lester was dead, now that his soul had been consumed by the darkness. If only that were so. She gets up, goes to the bathroom, fills the sink with hot water. She cups her hands under the water and douses her face. The mirror over the sink is steamed up, even with the door open. Ida wipes away at it with her forearm, and there, standing behind her own reflection, is Lester, white hood over his head, belt tight around his neck, dark eye sockets cut haphazardly into the white cotton. She shrieks, spins around, but she is alone. Turning back to the mirror, she sees only her reflection. A frightened woman, plagued by dreams, by memories that aren't hers. Ida watches the mirror mist back over, as if from some invisible breath. She turns the light off, returns to bed. After a long while listening to the sounds of the house at night, she sleeps the sleep of the dead. Chalmer is a small hamlet with a population of less than a thousand people. Ten miles southwest of Hope's Peak, it's a quiet place, as featureless as the endless flat farmlands around it. Rose's Groceries and Supplies is the closest Chalmer gets to a buy-and-save, but it serves its purpose well. Ida grabs a basket and carries it through the entrance. As grocery stores go, it's pretty large, taking up three storefronts, its big white facade, with roses accented in bright pink, dominating the lower half of Main Street. Ida doesn't like heading into town, but if she really has to, she goes early in the morning. There are fewer people, less hassle, and parking isn't such a bitch. She walks up and down the aisles, filling the basket. In the baking section, she gets everything she needs to make cookies. She woke that morning with the idea in her head that she would whip up a batch. Sometimes, there is only one salve for the soul, and that is good old-fashioned home cooking. Her grandmammy made her cookies when she was a little girl, when she and her mother would visit, though those visits were sometimes few and far between, depending on how well Ruby Lane was getting along with her father at the time. The old house would be filled with a smell of freshly baked cookies. Later, with her mother gone, Ida's grandmammy would bake regularly to cheer her up. And even after that, at the mental hospital, her grandmammy would make regular visits. Without fail, there were enough cookies to last for days. Ida swings by the alcohol department, deposits a six-pack of beer into her basket, and heads to the front of the store to check out. The smell and taste of her grandmammy's cookie recipe is one thing she can count on to lift her spirits, even if the memories connected with them are bittersweet. There are two cash registers, manned by women in aprons. The old man in line in front of her glances back casually, his eyes going wide when he sees who is behind him. Ida ignores him. Since the Lester Simmons case, she has seen her picture in the local rag on more than one occasion. Some notoriety has come with it. The old man pats the woman in front of him, whispers something to her, and she too looks back at Ida. The woman tuts and shakes her head. Ida's face goes hot. Suddenly the store feels too small, the walls pushing in on all sides. Sunlight hitting the front windows, turning the inside of the store into a sauna. It takes an eternity for the couple to check out, and as they leave, 
they both glance back at her again. Ida puts her basket next to the register and avoids the cashier's gaze. She pays and hurriedly leaves with her bags. Outside, she sucks in a big lungful of air, her chest getting tight. It's a panic attack. Give yourself a minute. She heads for her truck, her heart skipping. She unlocks the passenger's side door, sets two of the paper bags in the footwell, and then spills the contents of the third onto the seat. She scrunches the neck of the bag in her hand and leans into the cab, breathing in and out with the bag. Her pulse slows, steadies, until she feels like she can get a full breath at last. She takes the paper bag away from her face, repacks her groceries, and backs up a step from the truck. Her behind hits something, and she turns to see that she's knocked into Hank Partman, the owner of Past Times, a store.